how great it is again to hear that fight song. Here we are on a Monday on the Dogs Football Podcast, the 25th installment. Your hosts, Nick Malone and Noah Lurch. Noah, what a game again this weekend, man. Knocking off number two, South Dakota State, by a final score of 42-41. An incredible game, Noah. It was, it was so much fun to watch, and it was it lived up to the game of the week. Absolutely. Uh, another slow start for us. Uh Thought it wasn't going to be the game of the week the way it started, uh, going down 20 nothing. but uh, this team doesn't give in, this team doesn't give up, and they fought back. This team is 100% resilient. They have been all year. They've been tested in tons of games so far through these six games. We are 5-1 and one on the season. We will get to all of this from that South Dakota State victory shortly. But, Noah, obviously there was some news that came out yesterday that we knew was coming for a while. Now we knew the certain date that this would happen. And we are adding to our 2022 class, Charles Young, a defensive back, committed yesterday. As we said, we saw this coming for a little while. He was at the game with Jimmy Lansing, one of the, one of the home games, uh, I guess, yeah, the first home game of the year. And it was one of those things we didn't know who else was in on it, but we had, we had a feeling that we were the team to beat in that, and we landed Charles Young yesterday. Yeah, we did. Uh... It's a big pickup. Uh, we were as he's been all about since we offered him. He's been all about SIU. We were his first and only Division One offer. This is a big pickup. Um, he's a talented, all all around talented athlete. Uh, he can impact the game in a variety of ways. Like he's likely a project best as a cover corner at the next level. Uh, the one scout says he's a rare combination of strength, athleticism and competitiveness that allows him to compete in a man coverage or as a free-flowing safety. He is quick to the ball, plays the ball in the air exceptionally well, and making the big hit. So uh, going to add to our DB room. We are, we like to say DBU around here, and uh, right now he has uh, 22 tackles on the season for his team. Yeah, it's another one of those where we think we might have gotten a steal hearing you just read off there his tangibles and everything he can provide. He is six feet tall, which is huge for a defensive back. 170 pounds, a nice GPA to bring in here as well. And he tagged, we mentioned because he co- or he tagged Mark Watson, our receivers coach, in his tweet, and he barely has any receiver stats this year, right? Yeah, he plays a little bit of receiver. Uh, he's one of those, they they call him athletes, they play both ways, but he plays the majority of defense. Right, and... We know our receiver room is pretty deep. It would obviously, because we've seen a lot of position changes even this season on the football team, that anything's possible down the road. But we talked about how thin our defensive back room is right now, and that we'll be losing some guys that adding more to that would be insane. So it's great to have uh, Charles here. Some other of the commits uh, was glad to see him. Ryan Shanley wished him whatever on his Twitter. We know Jimmy Lansing did as well. And I think I remember when he posted on his Instagram, Charles did that uh, Jalen Banks, and I think Brian Brown both liked his post. So all the commits are staying intertwined with one another. I haven't checked uh, the recent two to see if they have, but I'm sure they're all pumped, Noah. This 2022 class, we've talked so much how similar it is to 2016 in terms of players. And obviously we know how most of those 2016 guys have turned out somewhere in the NFL. But, Noah, this 22 class is all time at this point here. Let's take a rundown now of all of our 2022 commits to refresh people. A rundown of all our commits. Just because uh, we're, what are we at, six now? 
that's a big number. That's a nice number so far. Yeah, uh, first one was uh, Brian Brown. He's a quarterback slash defensive back. Uh, you have Jimmy Lansing, tackle, Ryan Shanley, offensive lineman, Jalen Banks, a D-tackle, uh, Ryan Schwindeman, he's a tight end, uh, Connor Lair's a linebacker, and now you have Charles Young, a DB. So we have literally every single facet you can have. Two offensive linemen, a tight end, a do-it-all guy out of the backfield, a defensive back, a defensive lineman, and uh, and a quarterback slash defensive back, too. And we talked about Brian Brown earlier today, just thinking about him coming in as a quarterback and how great of a season he's had. We'll get to in a second. Uh, but the fact that he could play both ways, obviously, the same thing with Charles, that we don't know how it's going to turn out for them with our deep quarterback room. But it'll be interesting to see how these guys' careers pan out here throughout all of their years. But speaking of all these commits, how did they all do this weekend? Yeah, uh, starting with Jimmy, uh, we we can, we stayed in contact with him quite a bit. Uh, he likes a lot of our stuff, so does his mom. Um, they played a good CBC team. We wa- I actually watched part of the game uh, and sent you a couple clips of Jimmy, and he, he looked really good for himself, but uh, they fell to CBC 48-14. to 14, So that dropped Chaminade to 3-4 and four in the season. So they're struggling a little bit. They're 1-3 and three in their league, so they play in a tough league up there in that area. Um, newest commit, Charles Young, they defeated Quincy Notre Dame 49-7. to seven. So that's good for them, our new commit. They believe they are now five and two on the year, two and zero oh in league play. So they have a they're off to a great start this year. Um, Luther, our Luther North boys they defeated Alton Marquette fifty one nothing. So that puts them at four and three to get over that five hundred mark. Good for them, I believe. Um, if I have the stats here, Brian Brian Brown only ran the ball once for nine yards, only. They blew him out, only completed four or six passes for 123 yards and two touchdowns. So did not see a lot of action by him. Um, I believe uh, Jalen Banks, he had two tackles in that game. I'm sure he did not see a lot of action either. They let the younger guys get involved. Jalen Carson played a little bit in that game. We're tuned in to see where he ends up. A good running back out of there, a three-star running back. Um Ryan Schwindeman, St. Dominic, they blew out a Borgia team, fifty-four to fourteen. So they moved. To, oh, they also get over the five hundred mark at four and three. Uh, Ryan had two two catches for nineteen yards, and the defensive side of the ball had three tackles as well. So good start for them. They're getting on the right track. Uh, Connor Lair uh, had a great game himself. They blew out Parkview. West Plains blew out Parkview, fifty-seven to twelve. That makes West Plains 6-1. and one. Um, I believe I've seen on Twitter somebody posted videos of him making plays. He had three touchdowns and a pick, so he plays running back and linebacker, but I think he may be a linebacker when he comes to SIU. Then our boy Ryan Shanley down in Cherokee, they fell to Roswell 41-13, making them 3-4 and four for the season. And we talked before, Ryan Shanley plays in the same conference as Trevor Lawrence did in Georgia, right? Yeah, they they lost to their team earlier this year. So, yeah, he plays because every time I feel like we read off Ryan's games, his teams seem like they're struggling, but they're playing unreal teams, I'm sure, down there as well if they can produce guys like Trevor Lawrence. So it is, again, good to know how all of our guys are doing. Uh, some pure domination, and that's great to see, obviously. 
And uh, I remember whenever Charles was at the game, it was funny because he seemed uh, he's six foot. I mean, I'm six one, so he'd be like standing right there with me. But he looked like super small compared to Jimmy. But as we know, how tall Jimmy is. <clears throat> so I'm six seven. So that just reminds me, just seeing how, just reminding ourselves how big Jimmy is. We have seen him in person, and seeing Charles there, he looked like honestly a pipsqueak compared. But he's six foot, so that is crazy. So. Again, great to see all those guys are doing. We will continue to update them as their seasons roll on. And as we know, no, even like around here, you know, teams like Mary in our hometown, uh, teams like that are playing really well. So, and we're getting to the point though where they're submitting uh, playoff uh, seeds or playoff uh, uh, whatever chances getting in. I guess is Locking the lack in. of a better term. Locking in playoff opportunities. Yeah. So it's getting to that point with everybody. We will keep everybody updated on their statuses down the road. So now, no, let's get into the reason why we're here. For then the another part. one, I can just say, probably see a lot of these. We'll probably mention more on the show Friday, but yeah, I believe he was at the last Illinois State game, but Brock Baker, he's a tight end slash DN for the class of 23 from Johnson City. He He's already tweeted that he'll be there this Saturday. Sure. So that we'll, I'm sure we'll see a lot more this week. Uh, we'll make sure to retweet them and mention them on the show Friday. Yeah, and he got a he recently got a offer, right? I believe so. Um, oh, from I uh, can't think off the top of my head. We talked about it earlier, but just remember to myself. I don't remember off the top of my head. It was a school that we think, okay, well, if we're in on him and he likes what he sees this weekend, that it'll be another surefire thing. The twenty twenty three guy, so. We'll be keeping an eye out for that, as we have talked about. So now, Noah, into this great game that was, like we said, a final in overtime of 42-41. to 41. It ended the exact same way as the previous week. We'll get into that. Let's dive into how this game started. Yes, it did not start well at all, because who won the toss here? They did. They did, and, they, and yeah, that's what we talked about. They elected to take the ball first. So we, I remember we were talking at first saying, uh, yeah, that, that means you're pretty confident in your offense to set the tone. And, Noah, they set the tone. Seven plays, 75 yards, kick off, four-minute drive to get on the board. And then as soon as we touched the ball, it was a punt. It was not long. And then uh, we actually – this is when the next play, their next drive, went a whole 89 yards, but then they fumbled, Noah. They fumbled to us at our eight-yard line. This was thanks to – who busted this up? Do you remember? Quay Brown was credited – it looked like it was a it was a broken play. Uh, Oladokun ran into Pierre Strong, then tried to scramble up the middle, and um, Hundemir and um, somebody else had him around the ankles, and it looked like maybe Hundemir knocked it out, but Quay got credit, so I guess Quay got in there and knocked the ball out, and, so, and uh, Gianni jumped on it. There it is. So, yeah. As we know, we've been forcing a lot of fumbles this year. Our defense has been pretty big on that. We thought, okay – because we they scored so fast, and obviously we punted after they scored that we were thinking we were obviously sunk. But then we get that ball and we think, okay, let's let's try to like obviously swing the momentum a little bit there to start the game. And we put on this drive, Noah. But it was good to see Romero Elliott back in the game. He, we'll get to his stats at the end, but he wasn't running all too well. But it is great to see Romero back. So we punted, and then they went down quickly because they got about midfield only a 39 yard punt from uh, Jack and they scored field goal so it's 10 nothing and then end of the first happened so we were like okay here we go uh then they start out but then we fumbled and it was as soon as Romir obviously he got going in that first quarter and then Noah 
it didn't take long. It was a first play, and we lost it. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunate. Ramirez just now getting back in there, and this happens to him on one of his very few carries he gets during the game. Yeah, especially with how deep in our in our own territory we were. So they got the ball, and they had the one play, nineteen yards to Jaden Yankee for a touchdown. Seventeen nothing. We're thinking, okay, let's. It's not looking good at all. I'm sure everybody was thinking this, and then we punted again on our next drive, and then they had, ran four minutes off the clock at this point. Ten plays went down, made it twenty nothing. No, and at this point, obviously twenty nothing, pretty much meaning it's not good. We're about halfway through the second quarter. But then we got going. Noah, four plays, 80 yards, and only a minute and 12 seconds. This is whenever we got fully involved. Landon was catching passes. Justin was getting involved. And then Jerron Rollins, Noah, who, as we know, big big catches in his career so far here. And we, we, we've we talked about how he didn't play in the second half of the Western game. But Noah, 61-yard catch to get, it, to get the offense going. It was a blown coverage. Uh, this is where uh... – we started getting in rhythm. This is where and once our offense starts to click like they did right about this time, it's trouble for the other team's defense. Um, it was a broken pl- – looked like broken coverage by the defense, and their Nick Bakers finds Jerron wide open for 61 yards. 61 yards is crazy. Shout out to Jerron. Keep that big playness going. So then Noah, it kept going. The momentum kept going away. They only had two plays on their next drive, and then it wasn't a Jakari Patterson that picked him off about midfield. Or it was about the, at their own 25. So it, it was great. Seeing Jakari, we know Jakari earning the starting spot. It's great to see him get that pick. Yeah, I want to, want to mention uh, Hundemir was the one that rushed him on that throw to help us off in Jakari with a pick. That's big time. We wanted to talk, too, because – he got in this game, but we, we saw some new starters this this week right to kick off this game. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Burner back on the end. Kevin Glacian was supposed to start. Mike said on the radio that he was starting, yeah. but uh, according to their tweets that he was back, but he wasn't starting, and it looked like they moved Jordan back on the inside to join Gianni, and uh, they had Knighton and Haggerty on the outside. So it's great to see Richie earning the starting spot because we didn't have Galatian in. We know we're confident in moving Jordan on the inside. It could open things up. We know he's had a quiet last couple games anyway, kind of. So it was, you know, good to see him get just, you know, cause a wreak havoc on the inside for other guys on the outside to do the job. So, yeah, no, we did pick it off when we got to their inside, their own territory in the red zone. only took four plays. Javon got a little involved to get us going at their 21-yard line. But Noah and then Landon Lenore, he had an unbelievable game. We'll keep talking about his great game, but he caught a pass for a touchdown. Make it 20-14, to 14. so the confidence is back. Oh, yeah, the we got rolling, and uh, whatever adjective you want to use, resilient, whatever you want to do, this team is, and they just kept fighting, and they battled back, got us into this game before halftime. Before halftime, and then... They kept going on. They had a only a five-play drive, but then they got it to where their kicker, we've talked about how Adam Vinatieri and his son went here, so we thought, okay, yeah, they'd have a they'd have a kicker to knock, just absolute bombs. And uh, they got to the point he missed a 45-yarder. So at this point, scoring back-to-back drives and then getting a missed field goal to go your way, you would think, okay, now it's time to fully get back into this game, only down six, but we punted it right away. And the next thing you know, it was the end of the half. They didn't get anything, thankfully. 
before the half. So, Noah, it's one of those things, obviously, where we're only down six. We go into halftime knowing that we get the ball out of it. But we come out and get no yardage for three plays and punt it right back to them. But then Oladokun, Noah, and obviously coming into this game, uh, they had no turnovers. We talked about how they did have two fumbles, but they recovered them both. They didn't lose them. But Noah, turnover city, this was already their third turnover of the game. They go down 47 yards, and then Oladokun gets picked off again for no gain. Who picked this one off? Clayton Bush. Clayton Bush. So that's great. It's great to see. And then this is the – we know Clayton's been a ball hawk, and he will continue to be at the right place at the right time. And then this is where it got a little crazy. We drove down 17 or 17, yard, 17 plays to go all the way down. A lot of stuff happened, a lot of penalties, a lot of everything. But, no, we get straight up to their goal line, and we're thinking, okay, Javon's in the game. A lot happened here. Uh, a lot transpired, actually. What all happened on this? This is the one whenever Xavion came in and played center, we thought we were going to... Yeah, to get down there, uh, we threw a corner or a corner route to Tice in the end zone. It was incomplete, but the their Michael Griffin got a uh, taunting call, so that gave us even better yardage. Then uh, we got into the... Uh, we got inside the five and uh, inside the 10 or inside the red zone... Play calling wasn't very good throughout the whole game. But uh, we got stopped. We we kicked the field goal, took the points inside the five. But uh, they lined up right in front of the long snapper, which that's a flag. So it moved it to fourth and two. I think it was on the two-yard line, fourth and goal. So we decided to go for it. Um, we run it. We run like a, uh, a handoff to Javon trying to throw back to Nick Baker. They covered it well. Javon scrambled, done all his magic. It looked like to me that we didn't get a good angle, but it would have been close, should have reviewed it. But uh, he uh, jumped through the air, got went like a, a spinning wheel and fumbled, and they picked it up and took it back for a 100-yard touchdown. Yeah, as we mentioned, the penalties were crazy. with a lot of some, legal, some illegal formations. As soon as Zevion came in to play center before the fall started, we thought, okay, maybe we might – we were a little bit close. It's one of those where you think that, especially whenever you move him and Jimmy switch positions, that you think maybe having the bigger one in the middle if you were to do a sneak or something like that. So, yeah, a lot of penalties got us to this point. You're right. And it was going to be where he was going to throw back to Nick, as you said. It was busted. He ran for it. He looked like he was going to be stopped at the five. And then he kept going, kept missing tackles. Got to the goal line. You're right. The view for on TV wasn't great. And they kept giving us the same view. You couldn't tell. We thought that even alone him getting, and we tweeted this, him alone getting, uh, you know, right, like a, a review alone, see if he got uh, reached over the goal line. Of course, they didn't ruin anything. And then, yeah, the 97-yard fumble return, which got a lot of notice on, like, the Dan Patrick show and a lot of stuff. That was a killer because we know, obviously, how close we were. We kicked the field goal and we had the chance to score, but then we – you know, kept getting in our own way. And then, of course, something like that happens. And Javon fumbles, which he never does. It's one of those where he gets hit out of it. He tries to do so much to, uh, you know, get us in the end zone on a busted play like that. And he was so close. And maybe, obviously, our opinions would change if he did get in there. So then, yeah, 20 to 14, Noah. But we, our next drive, we're thinking, okay, obviously, we're down. Now we're down 14 again. We got to score nine plays, 71 yards, three minutes. A lot happened, but we turned it over on downs. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. 
says it was a penalty, but it says we had we had loss of downs here. So they got the ball, and we're thinking, obviously, uh, the worst-case scenario being down at this point in the third quarter. And then, But they punted it away. So we, we, we caught a break, and then Noah here, this three-and-a-half-minute long nine-play, 60-yard drive to cut it within seven again. A lot transpired, but this is when uh, Zach Gibson happened. And a lot happened on this, Noah, as we know, a lot of Zach Gibson. What was it? He dropped... It was a, uh, a touchdown. First. Yeah, it was it was a uh, it was a fault. It was a encroachment by them. It was a free play, and he had him one on one. Nick gave it to him, and they put it in his hands, and it knocked right out of his hands. Or knocked right out of his hands, and then there was a play where Nick tried to escape. He was, <clears throat> and then he he lost the ball as a fumble. So Zach Gibson's the one who jumps on that fumble. So he's already going through a lot. He made up for his drop ball there. But then Noah, he found him in the back of the end zone. That was a You Got Moss play. We didn't see it on a, or whatever Sunday of the You Got Moss, but definitely jumped over the guy, used his size to his advantage, Noah, and caught it right in his chest for the score. It's great to see Zach Gibson, who has been involved in this season so far, but get rewarded for a touchdown after dropping it and then doing so much to pretty much save our game there. Yeah, it's great to see that he's stepping up, uh, came here, as a tight end and was going to walk on the basketball team, decided not to walk on and spent a year in the tight end room. Now he switched over to receiver, big bodied receiver, which we got several of those guys and he's stepping up with Avante out. And we recall before the season, how people were talking, how uh, much he's improved and that he was going to see time this year. And finally he is and making the most of it. And then Noah, obviously we're thinking we're down by seven again. Everything's going good. And then it didn't take long. Pierre Strong, one of the best players in the country, as we know, an 85-yard breakaway to make it back to 14. Very unfortunate, but we knew we had to, to hit them right back. They knocked us down. We got up, punched them right back. Two plays, 75 yards. We had uh, Nick Baker. We talked about how he he was great in this game, by the way, but he was using his legs a lot, Noah, getting some first downs here. Here he got a first down for 12 yards and ran as he, as he needs two more. We talked about how especially when he steps in the pocket, runs to the line of scrimmage and finds a guy, you know, on late downs. But this one definitely to get, there was a first, and then he got this first with a 12-yarder, 12-yarder run, and the Donovan Spencer, Noah, took this one off 63-yard tight. Yeah, Donovan didn't, didn't see a snap in the first yeah. half, and he made sure to take advantage of the snaps he got in the second half. This is the type of guy we know that's a shame we didn't get him in the first two games of the season being banged up. But, uh we make sure to get this guy the football, and he's a one-play touchdown guy that he can take it to the house. It doesn't matter where we're at on the field. And that, that spark doesn't got us right back in the game. Yeah, because at that point before that, I remember we were sitting there watching, thinking obviously something has to happen here. Time wasn't really on our, on our side because then right after that, they went down 60 yards, almost a six-minute drive to drain more of that clock. But, no, obviously, it happens again. We are great when it comes to stuff like this. A blocked field goal. is a 37-yarder by Cole Fromm. And it says that Clayton got it. We, we thought at first it was somebody like Anthony again, but it, but the, I, they tweeted. It was I, recovered by Clayton. Anthony blocked it. Okay, yeah. Anthony blocked it. I remember they said something about P.J. blocking it as well. And Clayton, and Clayton fell on it, as you said. So, just more and more, like, resilience. Knowing you're down, having to do whatever it takes to – to, you know, obviously keep yourself in the game. So right here, Noah, right before 14 plays, only three-minute drive for the most part, right before uh, the end of regulation. A lot happens here. A lot of we had a holding on Bo Brandon, 
Isaiah came up big with an 18-yard catch. Donovan kept going. You mentioned his big second half, not playing in the first. But then Noah, he found Landon Lenore for one of, again, one of the top catches of the year. It was last week that he made a one-handed catch, and then this one again. Avante's made one. Isaiah, of course, made his weeks ago, and Landon had a one-yard back shoulder to the edge of the end zone that he caught for one hand to to tie this thing up to end to end regulation. Yeah, that was a long drive, and uh, Nick stepped up and during that drive found Landon, found some several other guys, and. Yeah, it was a one-on-one, and that's what we're going to take. If it's one-on-one with Landon, we're taking him over anybody. I mean, we talked before, and we'll get to uh, his stats at the end, that he's playing like the best receiver in the country. No one, no Avante, but he's coming out and doing the dirty work and uh, showing out, showing why, obviously, people were underrating him to start the year. So now no overtime hits. We're down 20 to nothing. Everything's bleak, but now it's tied th- we only allowed them to score 15 points the rest of the game, which is pretty great, and one of them was on an 85-yard touchdown run. So our defense stepped up, everybody, and the offense came through, obviously. So here we are tied in We'll say before we get the overtime, they had about 34 seconds, and uh, Oladokun completed a pass, but it was, it was a scramble drill. He was scrambling around, and they got a, a blindside block on Bryce Notree that negated that. They would have been in field goal range if it wasn't for that. Uh, blocking that negated a pass. Great point. And the, the player that committed it was acting like nothing happened or he didn't do anything. Because you're right, he was scroll- he was scrambling around and found a guy, yes, right on the whatever, how much time would have been left, barely any time at all. And he got his his foot in right there. And some of the, you know, some of the defensive backs were mad because they didn't know the flag was called, so they thought they just gave that up. But yeah, nothing transpired there. You're right for adding that. Because that would have been huge, knowing obviously the leg their guy had, even though he had one blocked and missed one, so it would have been on his hands. And we know there was a lot of missed kicks in the NFL yesterday too, so maybe it was just a weekend of bad kicking per se. But now going into overtime, no, we get the ball first. And uh, Isaiah got involved right away, but then Donovan, Noah, take a 10-yard run right up the middle. And we debated, obviously, obviously that if you're the first one to score, you, you don't really go for two, clearly – um, so Donovan scoring and then Nico with the kick. And then here we are, Noah, back-to-back weeks in the same, in the same spot. It doesn't take long at all. It's not, it, uh, it's one of those where you question the decision-making here on your first drive. You know, we thought with Western Illinois, they had nothing to lose on their season going for two, because it didn't take them long. You want to get these defenses on their heels and tired. And it doesn't take much, many plays at all, uh, but they had a – let's see here. What was their first play? Or what was their touchdown play here? My thing's messing up. Well, what was, was their touchdown in overtime? I believe it was a touchdown pass to one of their tight ends. Okay, yeah. Tucker Craft. Okay. Okay, yeah. 11-yard pass for a touchdown. Tucker Craft. But so they decided to go for two, and we're lined up. We, we know the same thing that happened last week, and we know what to expect to an extent. It's much of a high-powered offense. You never know what they could bring, but there was a – it was a jump up throw. He didn't. He didn't have the ball long, and he threw it up. No, but Branson Combs made a play. Yeah, Branson made the play, and that's a big time. He crazy how he made the big play in the playoffs for us and moved the chains a lot during the during the spring season. Now here he is making one of the biggest plays of the season so far on defense, and uh, a lot of fans probably wanted pass interference, but it looked like more than the more of the tight end getting more Branson yeah. than Branson getting him. So. Uh, 
it was a good no call. Uh, they let him play physical for most of the game, so good no call. Yeah, and we talked about how I don't know how they could play him, and it looked like he was throwing Branson down for the most part. So, so that is how the game ended, which was like we said, an insane game, especially how pumped we all were, and, and the whole team was out on the field for back to back weeks of people trying to catch you off guard and thinking they could score on you when you make uh, when you obviously make it to where they don't and Branson on that play. And we talked his, his big catches against South Dakota state, but also his, obviously before that, his uh, touchdown against Weber state to extend our spring season. So he's one of the guys we mentioned that made obviously the position change and has done it seamlessly. Literally he's in He's doing everything right in every game. It seems like he is physical and you're right. They did let him play physical in this game. So another game where it's just crazy how we come back, 20 nothing, and they don't give up, and the offense starts to get going here. No turnovers in this game, though, for our offense. And like I said, how pumped the players were out on the field, knowing that we just knocked off the number two team, which, as we know, obviously, outside of the first game uh, in the spring season, that we showed that we can obviously beat them, sh- maybe should have been the playoffs, and then in this game here at their place, let alone on the road. So, no, this was, this was game of the year. Like I said, it lived up to it, and it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was a big-time game, a big win, staying, being gritty, staying resilient, not giving in, uh, knowing we can do it no matter what. And uh, props to Nick Baker. I said in the preview this is the game he needs to take that next step and step up, and he didn't turn the ball over. He he took what he got, and he ran. He used his leg today, and uh, he showed why he's this team's starting quarterback, and he's one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. Yeah, and we talked how, you know, confident even Nick Hill is in, is in him and how Nick Baker's confident in himself. And he was asked after the game about having no turnovers, and he said that was big for him coming into this game. So, yeah, no, 17 incompletions. He completed 28 through 45 times. One of those games where your running game was going well, but knowing that uh, even with Noah Vontae throwing it 45 times and having 359 yards, he averaged eight yards a throw, four touchdowns. I mean, yeah, like you said, it is bound for him to have another one of those games, and it just so happened to be arguably against the best team in the country. Great time to do it. Even though at the time, obviously, it looked bleak going to this game with, yes, his recent games, and that this is a team maybe that you couldn't have uh, done it really against. There had to have been one of these other games. But, no, I mean, that's that's perfect, a game that you can play, 359 yards, four touchdowns. Javon did throw in this game. He had two Two throws. He got more involved with every facet that we know he can, more than he has all season. So, uh, we obviously, we can count on him to make throws when he can. But, no, Nick Baker, as you said, you're dog of the game, and he is. We'll just say right now, he is the offensive dog of the game. Uh, great game. Yeah, it was a great game by him. Uh, uh, I challenged him to step up, and he did that. And uh, this is the guy we need from going forward. Um that's what we need from our quarterbacks, especially with some of our better players like Avante out. He needs to step up. He needs to do whatever it takes. So uh, that's – hey, if you want to win this conference, you're going to win games like that, he said in the post game. So it was do or die. On the fourth and 11 play to tie the – or, yeah, tie the game, he says, it's fourth and 11, so it has to get – stuff has to get done. That's what I did. I just moved around, tried to find somebody – and they do or die, and you got to do it. And he found Isaiah. So that was a big play by him. Uh, he used his legs. They moved him around. It was great. 
great scheme today, and he used his legs, and that's what he needs to do more of. Exactly. That's what we mentioned. He had a great game running the ball. And even Nick Hill said that, you know, Nick Baker has that it and how he's been confident in him this entire time to, uh, you know, make plays and be the quarterback of this team. Yeah, so unbelievable throwing game for Nick. And Donovan Spencer, though, led us in rushing. Tank carries 103 yards. We talked again how it was all in the second half. Two touchdowns with that 63-yard run as well. Unbelievable, Noah. It, we wondered, and he was asked. Uh, it was just one of the – he said how – he said he, Romier started this game, obviously, more than Donovan, which was just weird in general, I guess, just to get Romier going. And, heck, it was a game to do that. Obviously, we know he fumbled. But no Donovan, and he was asked after the game how – or he wasn't really asked. He just said that you didn't even play in the first half. And he said, yeah, because how deep we are, you know, sometimes it's going to be that way. 10 for 103, as I said, unbelievable game for him. We know how valuable he is. It's one of those, who knows how the first half in our drives in the first half could, could have went more if he did play. So it is interesting. Uh, but Noah here, as soon as, obviously with what Nick did throwing the ball, that he ran the ball, 12 for 46. That's what he, 12 12 rushes, no. I mean, that's more than obviously just stepping up and making throws, rushing a little bit to do that. But the fact that he's just out doing more, and this is about what he needs to do because he's got the ability. He almost needs to do this every single week, wouldn't you say? Yeah, there was uh, like that many yards there were, week. Yeah, there was a couple. We uh, spread them out wide, and it was a uh, two or three QB draws that we schemed up for him, and that's what we need to mix up a little bit because defense, if they're going to – we're going to spread them out. Uh, the, the wide open field is right there, so Nick needs to take off. Especially those reads, yeah, where he can he can just make that split decision on, decide what he wants to do with that. Uh, but real quickly, Donovan, with his 100-yard game, his uh, football account tweeted earlier that how many programs can say they have four running backs on the roster with 100-yard rushing games? And Donovan was the latest, and Donovan said, I'm glad to be part of the family said that earlier. So that is crazy having that many guys rush for a hundred yards. It's pretty special. We knew going into the year, this was, you know, this was possible. And Nick Hill reiterates all the time. We are still a running team. And the fact that we can do all, do all of this, this is how potent our offense can be. And it's obviously proven to be that way right now through the heart of the season and through the toughest game. So, Javon Noah, we've talked before how he needs to be more involved. Obviously, we've mentioned how he threw a couple passes, but 9 for 30 this game. It's one of those where the opportunities are just weird for him sometimes. But, you know, teams, he might be the main one-team circle every single week with his ability to do everything. But uh, 9 carries, I think that's obviously that might be double more than the past two previous weeks combined. So they're get, they're feeding it to him, but... When you have other guys showing out, you know, the opportunities down the road of the game aren't there, but uh, Javon getting more carries this game is good to see. Yeah, he got more touches. Uh, he it was involved in the passing game, 7 for 31 pat in the receiving game. So that's good for him. Uh, as long as we're getting the ball in his hands and he's taking some opportunities, it's going to open the field up even if he's just on the field and we use him as a decoy. Exactly, and – we talked about how Nick needs to run more, but this is how they need to use Javon. If they can have him run like that, throw a couple passes, and receive, teams don't know what to do. We should have been doing this right away in this season. And I know games fall out different ways to where sometimes you're not able to do that. But if, if we do both of those and Javon gets more involved with every single facet, that teams will not know what to do and we should pound them. Pound them, pound them, pound them, and do this with our offense. That we expected Javon to do that this whole season. So, 
You mentioned seven for thirty-one receiving. Justin Strong, we know that he's he's had obviously some good games this year, but this game, I guess, as soon as Donovan obviously came in and everyone else did their running, that Justin wasn't as involved. He only had one for seven receiving, but this three for six rushing. No, we know how valuable Justin continues to be, and obviously his uh, his mom Amy is really involved with our account. We, we love talking to her and her love for the program and her children. Uh, but no, we know, like I said, Justin's pretty uh, important, and he'll get going again one of these games. Yeah, it's just whoever the hot hand is. And in, in the second half, it was Donovan. We tried to get Ramirez back going, so that took away a couple of Justin snaps in the first half. But once Donovan got going, it was Donovan's game. And then as soon as Romero fumbled, I don't think we saw him again the rest of the game. Uh, and then Isaiah, it seems like every time we see Isaiah in rushing, he's got negative yardage. So we try something with him. So he's probably got negative yards on the year. Uh, so now no end to this receiving. One of the best games I think we've ever seen from a receiver here at SIU. And obviously it came from one of the legends a receiver in, in SIU history. You know, a legendary Lando, 10 for 147. Some of the biggest catches of the year. You know, along the sidelines, one-handed touchdowns. His first one was just an easy back throw. That was one that Nick stepped up and just found him in the back of the end zone. 10 for 147, Noah. 15 per, two tutties. What, what more can we say? We tweeted so much how he's the best team in the country, and he is high right now. Yeah, he is playing the best in, at anybody in the country. He is a guy we go to, especially with Avante out. We know if we have a one-on-one, we've said it multiple times that if it's one-on-one, we're taking it no matter who it's against, and Landon's going to win that battle 10 out of 10 times. Without a doubt. Yeah, every single time it's a one-on-one, he'll try to find him. Every time we mention how with Nick's reads that he sticks with his first read a lot, especially in those opportun- opportunities you have to let him make a play, and he did. That back shoulder was incredible. So an incredible game by Landon. Uh, obviously, wherever he stands, we haven't seen Mike – uh, post where Landon stands all time now after a game like that. But he is now tied for seventh in touchdowns on the season in the FCS and sixth in yards. So he will keep climbing that. There's a lot of great players out there. He's definitely the hottest going right now. And I wanted to mention when Nick's throwing, he is seventh in yards and tied for eighth in touchdowns throwing. So, yeah, a lot of uh, – a lot of guys making their mark on our squad throughout the season, climbing the ranks of the whole country. Uh, what are some other things? Jerron, we mentioned his 4 for 104 and that huge 61-yard touchdown that you said, the busted coverage that he scored on. We'll be relying on him more, even if it's just the three or four catches of the game like it is here. Isaiah, we talked about him, how important. And he had, obviously, big catches along this, and obviously he's always key on kickoffs. Uh be nice to see him more involved, but obviously, like I said, the, how the game goes, you, you do ride the hot hand and you just go with your best guy in Lando. Him getting involved, we mentioned Javon's game and Zach Gibson. He made the one catch that he made for, made up for with his crazy drive that he had with his touchdown, 19 yards. Donovan a little bit, Justin a little bit. And Tice, you know, we've talked about how important Tice is. He hasn't been as involved in the passing game in recent weeks. Only had one for six this week, but obviously his blocking makes up for it. And we've seen Cole Stewart out wide a little bit, but he wore, he uh, motions his way back then a lot of times. So a lot of the, our tight ends have done a pretty good job blocking, helping the line a little bit, finding holes for guys like Donovan. Yeah, we know we we know we can use him as a mismatch if we want to stress him out, but he's a great blocker, and that's what he's been doing the past couple weeks. Yeah, so it's great to have Tice here in every facet you can. Nico had no field goals this game, but he was perfect on extra points. 
And then Jack, who we talked about, who uh, was great, and we knew he had to be great. There was a play, that his 65-yarder, that got pinned inside, what was it, at the two-yard line or inside their five or something that I remember saying in the preview that, you know, we're going to be punting this game, and it's important, obviously, for him to make it to where they have to go the whole field to score. And sometimes they did definitely did that, but he had five for 246 total and 49 on average. He just keeps cementing his legacy as well as the best punter SIU's ever had. Cause he has obviously this past week, he was uh, got first and yards average uh, in his career. So no, obviously great on our end. Let's talk about quickly how, what South Dakota state did on their end. A lot of turnovers, as we said, they did not turn it over going into this game. Yeah, well, Doken ended up 23 of 31 for 358 and a touchdown, but two picks, and he had that fumble. Uh, not a bad game besides the three turnovers, but more touchdowns. Uh, Pierre Strong did throw a touchdown. He was one of one for 19 on a trick play. Uh, Pierre Strong ended up with 20 for 162 and two touchdowns, along of 85. He is a very good running back. We will see him at the next level next year. He'll be the uh, James Robinson of the Valley going into next year's running back room. Uh, What's crazy about him with that many yards is that half of them were on that one play that he was off such a great start in that game that he kind of cooled off, but 85 yarder did him in for half of that. But obviously yeah, he's a great player. Yeah. He's going to be a great player at the next level. Um, Tucker craft. Uh, we mentioned their three headed monster at tight end. Um, he had 10 for 124 and a touchdown. Uh, Jaden Yankee had a three for 117 and a touchdown with a long of 52. We let him get beat us deep a couple times. So he's talented. Yeah, good. He's really good. And uh, their punter only punted once. Besides those three, the only reason we were in that game was because of three turnovers and a block kick yeah. and a missed field goal. You're right. But they only punted once, which is incredible. And then Pierre got going in the receiving game as well, 451. He's just so special. It's unreal. And then the other Yankee brother, 3 for 38. We mentioned 3 at Monster. Even Hines had an okay game. So, yeah, obviously they're, they're – and a lot of it, Oladokun, you know, turning those over with you know, obviously the fumble. And then the two interceptions. It really wasn't like him, I guess, going into this game. But obviously something like that had to happen, you're right, for stuff like that because of punting only once we took advantage of some different opportunities. So it is crazy that knowing that they didn't turn it over and then the fact that we did it to them and did a lot of it for them is pretty incredible. So, Noah, going in, let's talk about our defense and who was all over the field and who led us in tackles. Bryce Notary, shocker, uh, 10, tack, 10 total tackles. He was all over the place again. Uh, David Miller... Ended up with seven total tackles. He was going to him early. Yeah, uh, not surprised. It just so happens he also on the opposite side of PJ, our top corner right now with James Caesar gone. So he's going to get a lot of tested, and he he uh, did a decent job for the most part. Uh, Quay Brown with six solo tackles and a uh, fumble return. It says so. Uh, that's big time for Quay. Yes, and everybody else just filled out about three or two tackles apiece. So Glacian did get in this game. He had two of his own solo tackles. Uh, we mentioned the big play that Branson had at the end. Dre Newman, we noticed, had a big tackle on special teams as well. He keeps doing what he does on there. He might end up being special team of the year outside of our kickers. Uh, 
And then guys like Powell and Easton Wolf got in this game and did stuff. Colby Coleman didn't see a lot of action. And then Jordan, Machine moved on the inside, and teams have been seeking him after. It makes me think that these stats aren't correct because he only had one solo tackle and nothing else, really. So Yeah, he was very active. It just doesn't show up on yeah, stats. And, and we talked before, and everybody does, that it's because it's not on the stats. She doesn't mean, obviously, you were having a good game. So, uh Gianni, Gianni's not even on the set sheet, and he was very good. He's our we're going to yeah, say he's our defensive dog of the game. Yeah, so it is interesting how that's what makes me think how inaccurate this seems or something that he's not even on here. So a little bit on the on the stats, they net total yards they outbeat us by only thirteen. We're about even in net rushing yards, which is insane. If you if you obviously if you match them in rushing, you're doing something right. Uh, we ended up beating them at a lot of stuff. Uh, we were close on net passing yards, obviously, uh, but total plays and uh, for rushing first downs and uh, drop percentage. They the drop percentage is crazy, but uh, yards after the catch, twenty two. They had zero, so it makes that's kind of weird. But completion percentages were close and all this stuff. So. Uh, a lot of evenness throughout the stats for both teams. So that's obviously what we have to do to play even with teams like this. So no final thoughts overall. We'll get into about the game and what, you know, obviously what went right and what we had to do in this game before we get into some close. Yeah, it's, it was the biggest game of the year. Uh, we showed our grit. Uh, it was a heart pounding game, a roller coaster of a game. It just shows what kind of team we have that no matter what the situation is, we're gonna we're gonna fight through it and keep working and not give up. And uh, Nick Baker, we we both we we both talked about it. He knew this is the game. He shows out and steps up like he did in the spring against the number one team in the country, North Dakota State. And this is the type of quarterback he can be. He showed out. Landon does what he does. Uh, uh, our line was pretty good. Uh, our defense held in check for most part. We didn't have any sacks, but. Shout out to their O-line. But, yeah, incredible game. This is the game we expected, a tight game. Um, we knew we had a chance to win, and so proud of this team. This is going to be a great atmosphere, hopefully leading into this weekend for homecoming. Yeah, just shout out to this team and their resiliency. This is a big, big win for not only this season, but for this uh, program and community. This means a lot to us, and so hopefully we reward this team and their efforts this Saturday and packing that stadium. Yes, it's just, I don't know if there's another team out there that can just look utterly bleak in a game, especially on the road, and down even almost three touchdowns to come back and end up winning, which, like we said, for them going for, they could have kept the game going, obviously, and either team could have just kept going. It's one of those where you want to end it, keep the defense off their toes a little bit, and we're ready for it. So that shows our resiliency in that regard on defense, knowing that obviously they stay out on the field and almost hike the ball so fast on two-point conversions like that, that we are ready. And like I said, looking how bleak it is, I don't think another team is like that. They mentioned people have been calling us the cardiac kids in this game. We've heard that kind of phrase used a lot. Some quote uh, quote here from Coach Hill. Obviously, it's not always going to be pretty. I think you see that around college football. Winning's not easy. I hope somebody watches us for the first time and is like, Wow, Southern plays with passion. They play with resiliency, and you can tell they care about each other. On the sideline, our body language, they just play the game the right way. It takes time, a lot of preparation to get to that point. You truly have to love each other, believe in each other. We talked in pregame about an uncommon belief. 
and he mentioned a key play here. I said the difference in this game is going to be at the margins, the six or eight plays where you really have to strain. It's fourth and six, Nick Baker, and you've got to step up, avoid a blitz, take off, and get a first down by one yard. That's not X's and O's. That's resiliency and just having a competitor and a warrior back there, a quarterback. And he mentioned how some people have it and some people don't. Nick Baker's got it. As I said earlier, I've been telling people for a long time how much I believe in him. He's going to be challenged to do it over and over again. Uh, Nick had some quotes here as well. Uh, he said, everybody in that huddle is positive. Everybody's fighters looking around, looking at everybody and saying, I died for that dude. Everybody's got that attitude, which is just unbelievable. And I, we've been seeing how everybody is so proud to be a Saluki in general. And after games like this, how proud they are. And especially games like this that seal the deal for guys like Charles Young to want to be a part of this family. He said, Nick, Nick Baker said, you want to win the conference, you got to win that game. It's a really, really hard place to play. Last year in the playoffs, we were up. We were up, too, and we thought we should have won that game. And then he said on the on the landing game time, touchdown, the great play, quote, I saw him pressed, and I got my eyes on that safety pre-snap. If he doesn't go over the top and cover him, we got Lando one-on-one, and that's where I'm going every time. He talked about it. And Donovan, and the pleasure of talking to him, obviously, because of the great game he had. Uh, he said, quote, on the game-winning touchdown, he said, Bake had a check call, and he checked it to the run. As soon as he checked it, I saw it. Our line does exceptionally well under pressure. They're a veteran group. Kudos to them and, and Bake trusted me with the ball in my hands and coaching a kill calling it. And he, like I said, we mentioned how he's barely, he didn't play in the first half. And he, he said, quote, we have a deep backfield with Justin, Javon, Romere. Once, once we get on the field, we have to make the best of our opportunity. And there was a thing here at the very end. I played in some, I've played in some crazy games, but this is definitely one of the most memorable. South Dakota State is a great opponent. We know we had to come up here today and get a win, and that's what we did. I love those guys to death. I love my offensive line, the defense throughout this whole program, me just being a transfer here. They definitely pulled me and his family. No, that's a quote, I think, at the time watching his post game, that that stuck out, that obviously when you get a family atmosphere in any sport, when you say you love your guys to death, and the fact that he's only been here for, what, six months, and the fact that he is only going to be here for one year, and the fact that, we mentioned how at Nate Griffin's house that the running backs were there together spending time with his family. That, you know, that is why we think we can succeed is because of the family-ness, for lack of a better word, that we have here. And the fact that he's a transfer saying this stuff is pretty eye-opening. Yeah, not only on the team, but this community as well brings in, brings in these players come in here. And this is a community. It's not just we go there as fans and watch a football game. Uh Everybody cares for one another in Southern Illinois, and that's what's great about this this community and just makes it even better when you see guys that come in here like that and they think this way about their team. But Nick Hill has a passion for this team, and he's from this community, and that's just what makes it so great. Yeah, and he mentions that a lot, that he cares for just that bag is not only playing here but being from the area. And you're right, and seeing the players talk about how they care for it as much as us as fans do, that's just next-level stuff. Uh, Nick Hill on the post after they showed the video Sunday morning of them because we saw it because we saw we obviously on our Instagram account everybody go follow Dogs Podcast we were on we saw the live uh, Instagram lives of some of the players and we kind of heard the post game a little bit of Nick talking and we saw it and just talked about how emotional that it seems like it is for him to coach a team like this so he said that they're ready to go Savion said we're ready to work Ready to work, get ready or get back to work tomorrow. 
Sunday, Washington seven. Then obviously today on this Monday, I'm sure they were on the field getting ready, preparing as well for a good team coming in. But Noah, let's talk about. We talked about us game of the week. How did everyone else fare around the valley? Yeah, let's look around the valley. Uh, it was a big weekend in the valley, some big time games. Uh, but we were the game of the week. But looking into it, um, you had what well, we thought Western Illinois going into Indiana State. We thought Western could win that one. Uh, the trees got the best of them, 37-27. So that's a first conference win for Indiana State. So hopefully they might get some momentum. Um, Northern Iowa went into North Dakota State, uh, gave them a battle, but the bison were too much. 34-20, North Dakota State takes down Northern Iowa. Um, Missouri State blew, blew one in Youngstown. Youngstown defeated the Bears 41-33. That was an upset in the Valley. Then uh, South Dakota's getting on the right track. The, they defeated our opponent this week, North Dakota, 20-13. to 13. So to look at the standings, we're at the top at 3-0. and Then you have North Dakota State, 2-0. and Then you have uh, Missouri State and South Dakota at 2-1. and South Dakota State, Northern Iowa, 1-1. One and one. Then you have three 1-2 and two teams in Indiana State, Western Illinois, and Youngstown. Then two 0-2 oh teams, North Dakota and Illinois State. So, yeah, great uh overlooked there an overview of some great games yeah that you and i north dakota state game definitely was one to watch throughout it was pretty close i'd say to ours even though you and i is ranked in the teens we know how good they are playing north dakota state that's always an eye opener and you mentioned we're three you know and other teams are two and oh or one and one how come we we played an extra they had, a, they had their buy already the buys the buys come into effect i'm pretty sure whoever it was it wasn't a conference game though because it would have been i guess a so there was a game recently that when we had our COVID first... happened, and they had to uh, cancel that game. Uh, the, that wasn't for conference related, but you're right. Buys some early buys. You're right. Um, so Noah, after after all these games, there are new rankings. Tons of new rankings that came out today. We've been looking for, and a lot of us have us at the same spot. It seems like. Yeah, the coaches poll and the FCS stats poll both have us at number four which we both agreed that's probably the right spot for us knowing what the three teams, Sam Houston, Eastern Washington, and North Dakota State in front of us have done so far. So I we both agree on that spot. Yes, and Mike had a tweet earlier that our fourth ranking uh, in the both polls is the highest ranking since it was number four, September 6, 2010. And like we said, that was the opening Suki Stadium. Uh, and obviously that was after the year of our previous homecoming or our previous uh, playoff appearance. So some good times there in the early tens with success. And then well, obviously we're breeding that kind of success now. Yeah. And there was one Noah that was questioned by a lot of people. FCS nation radio came out with their week seven, top 25 and had us at number one. Yeah. They've been, uh, they've been high on us more than anybody. Uh, so shout them out. They are a, they're out, actually they're on 103.5 from five to six on Thursday nights, I believe. Still, I believe Coach Hill was on there last week. So, uh, shout out to them. They got in a, they went back and forth with a uh, South Dakota State fan on there and a couple other fans, but they've been high on us all along. So, uh, shout out to them. Yes, and Eastern Washington seeing them at the top of all these just shows, and they have a great quarterback. We've talked how he's probably going to win Player of the Year. Unbelievable season he's putting up. So it is great to see us at four. Yes, we're not uh, disappointed or obviously nothing being that high. You got to sustain it. 
And obviously getting, yes, North Dakota in here, ranked number 20 going into uh, our next game and then seeing where all the other Valley teams rank, that it's going to be a dogfight for these last three games. Missouri State is at 21. They have dropped a couple, but we know they'll be prepared as well. So we continue the gauntlet of our season. So number four definitely is where we want to be, and Nick was asked that, and he he just <clears> – which <throat> it's one of those things where, yeah, the job's not done, and you uh, – you know, taking pride in what you've done so far. And we do like Nick's mindset in that, that he doesn't even look at anything like this because obviously you're not where you want to be. You want to end up getting, obviously, two and winning a championship. So still taking some pride and stuff like this is pretty sweet as well. There was a tweet now, Noah, that we found. Uh, Saluki Sids posted something recently about, uh, yeah, the – Sagarin rankings that we are rated higher than six power five programs, Duke, Illinois, Colorado, Arizona, Kansas, and Vanderbilt. And we're ranked out of 39 FBS schools in total. Yeah, that is great. At USA Today, yeah, that's... That is great. And just announced uh, Saluki football a minute ago. Uh, can we get two claps and a Ric Flair for the offensive lineman of the week, Xavion Furcon, third time in his career he's won the award. Very well deserved, as we know. He is the utmost leader of this team. And the guy we truly definitely know loves this program and loves his team. So good job on that, Xavion. So, yes, all these rankings, seeing everything is obviously tremendous, and we want to keep it up. So we know the team will try to. And then Noah, something else obviously comes in every week that we look for every Monday. The Monday presser came out. And honestly, the things that sticks out the most in this – was that he was asked about injuries. Yeah, uh, got a quick injury update. We do know that Calvin Francis tore his ACL and a meniscus. which Yeah, which he said it was a bit of surprise because the way they originally thought, they didn't think it would be that. But once they went in there, they found out. But he had his surgery today as well, same as Derek Harden Jr., so yeah, he finally answered about Derek Harden. He said he played in the SEMO game, and then we noticed, obviously, at the uh, our first home game, or even I guess it might have been Kansas State. We noticed first. Yeah, Kansas State. We noticed he was coming out on, cr- on a crutch. So that's when we knew. So I'm glad he finally mentioned Derek Harden. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, they just they didn't ask specific. They just did an overall update, and he's he he basically he went over a couple guys, and that's who they said, and. Uh, he said Avante will be question or questionable for this Saturday's game. Uh, he rode with the team, but was and what it was up to him. He said on Saturday, but they're playing it safe with him. They know he's still in a sling. Looking at what was we saw on TV, so but they're being careful with him, and we expect uh, Bryson Strong and um, Jacob Garrett back in the beginning of November. So after our bye week, probably. Yes, and we remember talking how potentially at the UNI game, which is in two weeks now, or, yeah, a week from Saturday that they were going to see, but that is around the bye week. So, yeah, they are they keep rehabbing. We mentioned one of those things where it's like to them, as well as Avante, like don't rush back. You know, obviously we're doing fine that we are right now. Even though we're squeaking by wins, but we're showing obviously we can, and we do stick out these wins. Being 5-1 and one now, moving on, that – uh, yeah, don't rush these injuries because we're, we're fine with who we have. It'll be great to have them down the absolute home stretch. It's a little weaker at the end of our schedule before 
uh, playoff season hits. So, but it, obviously, if they're ready to come back, they will come back and they will try to uh, help out best they can. So it'd be nice seeing Bryson and Jacob back, having a three-headed monster tied in and adding Bryson with our current linebackers. That'd be great. Yeah, they're they're both rehabbing still, working in some things. And uh, after this weekend's game, if Avanti doesn't play, we have our bye week the next week, so we get that week off. So he should be, he would probably be back no matter what the U and I game, if not this weekend. Yeah, and I, and I would honestly say that uh, uh, they should just keep Avante out. It'd be like a split thing, even though they're saying he's already questionable today and they got days till the final word, but we're thinking that he probably shouldn't play again and just wait it out until he's 100% ready to go. So that is a recap of all of that happening now. Now let's get into the pro levels. No, we talked how Malik Haynes got a professional contract in a different league, but no, the NFL – uh, Salukis. We know Ryan Neal played on Thursday. What did everybody else – Michael Pruitt, though, caught a touchdown. Yeah, Michael Pruitt had a big 14-yard touchdown for the Titans yesterday and their win over the Jaguars. He's been in great. He's pretty much tied in one for them right now, I would say. Um, then our boy Jeremy Chin, the Panthers, lost yesterday. After starting three, no, yeah, dropping two, that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. They lost one to the Eagles. Um, the game they should have won, probably honestly. But. Yeah, Jeremy Chan ended up with um, three or four tackles, and he had a fumble or cover. I'm pretty sure. He got brought back, or he, or there was a different one. Wasn't there one that he yeah, took into the end zone, but they brought it back on? Yeah, that was a. Uh, uh, believe he had a uh, two of them. So Not, yeah, he had one. a legit fumble recovery, and then one that. Pretty got sure, back. yes. And we recall that game last year where he. Scored two touchdowns on turnovers in like a span of 15 seconds, which was incredible. So it was almost like something like that would happen, even though that seems like something impossible. Like it <clears throat> could never happen again, but Jeremy's the one to do that. So, and then we know, uh, I can't think of his name. Madre. Or, yeah, Madre, but then uh, Craig James. We know those guys are on the practice squads of their teams right now. Uh, so really, there's only, well, I guess Ryan too. So there's only three. Uh, SIU pros to keep updates with every week, especially if they're contributing like this. So it's always worth mentioning. We mentioned how we always will do that. Um, and when, uh, how we'll keep updating them on how their games go. You mentioned Michael. That we found out also, No, we heard that he will not be able to make it on uh, this Saturday for his induction. Yeah, Todd said on the presser today that he won't be able to make it, but – uh, which is a, which sucks, but uh, he's got he's got work to do for the Tennessee Titans. It was one of those we didn't know that because you are home on a uh, Monday night game. That because that's on Saturday and it being close to Nashville that he could make it, but we didn't know if it was before just for the NFL sake like that. But it's it's different. You're right because he's almost got to prepare now that he's tied in one. If he was the backup, if Anthony Fersker never fully got hurt and he was contributing, and Michael was the backup, this could happen. But he's got to prepare unless he's got you know something else that obviously he can't make before, which we respect. So that is a downer, but um, obviously rightfully deserved regardless in this Hall of Fame. So we'll be keeping an eye out for all those guys, as we said. So now Noah, we know in the doghouse is every Monday from 6 to 7. And uh, Coach Hill and Jack will be on it. And Jack had a funny tweet earlier today. If I could find it here for a second. He said... Some say I've got a, a great face for radio. Looking forward to getting on the show tonight and chatting Saluki football. I've heard that term a lot. It's funny, a face for radio. So 
and he was on the he spoke at the post game and then he also spoke with uh, Gene before the week. So yeah, he has been really active in all of this stuff. So Coach Hill will go on at six fifteen and Jack will go on and his will be lengthy, I guess, with this gap and then Jack at six forty. So everybody tune into that every week with Paxton Guy and Mike Murphy on one oh three point five ESPN. And they will be on location as well, Sports Voice will this Saturday at the tailgates for homecoming. So so, no, with that being said, we said we wanted to kind of just, I guess, maybe wait for some North Dakota, fully, obviously, for the preview. But anything sneak peeking on the uh, Fighting Hawks? Yeah, um, they've had a little bit of a rush, rough stretch, but we know not to under, uh, underestimate any team in this valley as we know what they did to us last year. They destroyed us. Um they lost. They've lost two in a row to North Dakota State, and then they lost to South Dakota last week. So they will be prepared, I'm sure. But it's gonna be a good football game, hard nosed football. Let's so uh, let's come home. Let's uh, show some support to this team. It's homecoming. Bring your families out. I'm sure there'll be a bunch of former players there. Hopefully, they'll bring their families and uh, let's let's get at least maybe 10,000 in there. Uh, we don't, we're not going to say sell out yet, but uh, it's about time we pack that place out. Yes. And we've, I remember when I was listening to 101, 101.5 on the way home and some girl was talking how the weather will be. She shot out the football team on there talking about how uh, obviously they're winning this weekend, but how on Saturday for the game that it would be about the thing she said, high sixties and great and sunny outside. So everybody should make it. You're right. It needs to be, the uh, the biggest crowd of the year. We mentioned how Dalton Banks of the basketball team has tweeted that he's definitely obviously going. The Dog Pounds as active as they've been, obviously hyping this game up as they do every game. And obviously, it's what the players deserve. And after a week after a week like that, knowing a game like that, and knowing you're fourth in the country, that that should drive a lot of people to this game. So yeah, we're hoping it's a sellout. And uh, especially if the weather's that great, it's got to happen. The being five and one and three and zero, and your only loss being Kansas State team, which you feel like you should have won that game as well, so easily could be undefeated. But obviously, in our close two point in our you know one point victories the last two weeks, it could have flip flopped as well. But it's whoever obviously sticks with the win is all that matters. So yes, we're hoping for a packed house again. Hopefully, a lot of tailgate and a lot of people uh, as a whole involved. So absolutely cannot wait for that. So everybody come out to 2 o'clock this Saturday at Suki Stadium to show out. We will do our best to make it with our work uh, restrictions and what we can do. So we'll definitely be there, though, regardless at whatever point in the game it is. So uh, we'll be, we will be tweeting, obviously, as we do every week. So stay tuned for that and throughout this week for any info. Again, follow our Instagram at Dogs Podcast. Keeping up with everything going on with Suzuki football. So, for Nick Malone. No alerts. We will see you at the game maybe on Saturday, but definitely talk to you guys at the preview on Friday to preview the Fighting Hawks. So, until then, go Dogs.